Out Front with Vince Noble, the weekly podcast that gives emerging leaders and career transitioning individuals the information and inspiration to thrive and become their best. Available wherever you download or listen to your podcasts. There is a new weapon in the fight against COVID-19. The Veloro Company provides NASA-based active pure technology air purifiers that rapidly eliminate 99.9% of airborne SARS-CoV-2 viruses from your immediate environment. This amazing advanced technology filtering system was first developed for use by the NASA Space Shuttle Program. And now to help meet the curable demand of the global pandemic crises, this amazing technology is made available at affordable pricing to the general public for your home or place of business use. For more information, contact USAsia OT and Majestics LLC at 689-222-8900 or 312-200-0109 or email subject information at usasiaonlinetrade at gmail.com. Welcome to this episode of the Outfront Podcast with host Vince Noble, the podcast that gives emerging leaders and career transitioning individuals the information and inspiration to thrive and become their best. For sponsorship and advertisement opportunities, please contact info at nobleresolutions.com. And now, your host, Vince Noble. I want to acknowledge each and every one of you stepping into your authentic power today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Outfront Podcast, the show that gives emerging leaders and career transitioning individuals the information and inspiration to thrive and become their best. I am your host, Vince Noble. Hey, I am super excited on today. We have the distinct pleasure of having with us Miss Jennifer Magley. Not only is she the wonderful and talented daughter of retired NBA player and Kansas State great Dave Magley, but she is also, in her own right, an amazing and exciting leader, motivational speaker, and executive leadership development coach who has spent over a decade helping people become unstoppable through corporate workshops. She's also a former NCAA Division I head coach and professional tennis player. She has received national media recognition, most notably by the USA Today, CNN, ESPN, and US News and World Report for her extraordinary works. As always, before we get started with these extraordinary conversations, I want to say as much as I love how intellectually stimulating they are, they are meant to do far more than pique our intellect. They are meant to drive us into meaningful action. So as you listen, our guests are not on this show solely to promote themselves, their services, or products. However, in large part, to provide significant insights and actionable steps to encourage you and to engage you, thereby helping to shift you from one level to the next. So I encourage you to listen and to think about how you may be positively impacted in some way. No matter who you are, it is my greatest hope that you find tremendous value in today's episode. In this episode, we'll be talking about Jennifer's transition from professional sports, her current business, and the inspiration for her latest book, and so much more. 
We have a lot to unpack in this episode, so let's go. Jennifer, welcome to the show today. Thank you for having me, Vince. It's certainly a pleasure today. For those who may not know you, tell us a little bit about yourself, your your early childhood, um, what those influences was like, and what has brought you uh, to the work you so passionately do today. Yes, so, um, you know, my father is a former um, Mr. Basketball in the state of Indiana. And he played professionally, as you mentioned, and he's just this all-around standout athlete. And when I was born, the first thing he ever said to me was, can you say Wimbledon? Literally, in the delivery room. (laughs) That's what he said. And so I always grew up in a home with sports and started playing tennis, hitting against a wall growing up. And, you know, that that took me pretty far. I was able to play professionally. I played before that at University of Florida. We won a national championship. And when my tennis career was over, I became a Division One head coach. After that, I stayed home and was a stay-at-home mom and then decided to have my own business, which kind of led me on this path to chatting with you today. I had my own business uh, for a number of years, and that led into coaching and speaking and and now I've got a book out. So that's just a, just a little bit about, about me and my sports background. <laughs> right, right, yes. So Jennifer, you know, you know, this is a tough season for so many people. And, and I have to ask, even from a, a leader perspective, you know, how are you doing and your family doing, you know, in this, what I refer to as a mental marathon, if you will. You know, um, how, how are you doing spiritually, emotionally? You know, psychologically, what what do you find most challenging, and more specifically, how are you dealing with it? Yes, thank you, thank you for asking that, Vince. That's a that's a wonderful question. You know, I think that I'm doing very well. Uh, the beginning of the pandemic, I was not. So I I ended up having my dream job. I was working for a sport and entertainment agency, and They flew me to New York City. Uh, This was January of last year. I presented to a billionaire. I was just living my my absolute best life. And then 84 days later, I lost my job due to the the pandemic, right when the pandemic hit Uh in in March. And I took to LinkedIn and and shared a bit about where I was in that moment with my mental health and also the options that, that there were for a person who had just been laid off. And you know, I was just really transparent and I'm fortunate to be able to have got a new job. I have a new job where I've been for almost a year because of that LinkedIn post that went viral. And so now, now that my, my Maslow's needs are not on fire, you know, I have mm-hmm. the things that I need. It's right. easier for me to say I'm doing great in a pandemic than if I would not have received this opportunity to have a new job. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say that, um, you know, your story is your story. And sometimes um, we never know how the world is going to respond to our story until we tell our story. But we have to be willing to tell our story. Yes. Um, so, so Jennifer, you know, you're, you're, you're also in this leadership executive coaching space. 
So what are some key things that, that make you, you, if you will, that separate you from everyone else in this space? And, and what are those strengths and gifts that, that show up in you when you're with a particular client? So I've been really fortunate to have some of the best coaches in the world athletically. You know, Nick Terry, Rick Macy, Bob Davis, these are all um, huge names uh, within tennis. And so to be able to transition uh, from being coached to being a coach, you know, what I bring to the executives and business owners that I have the, the honor of working with is a sports and performance-based mindset. And that's what makes me different. I'm a questions coach. I, I'm not the person who will tell you what to do. I'm the person who will ask you all the questions, and then you will figure the answer out yourself. <laughs> right, <laughs> so right, that's right. what makes me a bit different. <laughs> right, right. You know, I tell people, um, you know, all the time that we're, we're all in this transition, like it or not. And, you know, people are forced to you know, if you will, take some skills and attributes, uh, assessments and inventories, if you will, um, that sort of to, to sort of reinvent and rebrand themselves in a way. Um, there are many individuals that will never go back to what they once did pre-COVID. Mm, right. A, a, and many are still trying to figure all of that out, yeah. uh, what that may look like. So so what are what are the principles and approaches you would say from your perspective? Uh, yeah, that you can recommend that will help individuals set well through these difficult times? Yeah. So the first thing that comes to mind with these difficult times is that uh, there's no shame in being knocked down. That, that's mm -hmm. the first thing that, that happens when we lose our jobs or when we lose our opportunities. There used to be before the pandemic, you know, a little bit of shame of being unemployed or not having a job. So realizing that everybody gets knocked down, it's how we get back up. That's the thing that really propels and, and dry, it really drove me forward. And then the mm -hmm. second thing was, you know, I would never be, I know that at least in the future, I don't see myself getting back into sport and entertainment um, in, that, in mm -hmm. that global agency because the whole market was suspended. So I opened up my horizons and said, I'll do something that's maybe not as glamorous. I'm willing to step outside of my role because the fortunate thing that I had, Vince, was I never saw myself and my work as my identity. And that's a right. big that's a big right. thing that is our identities are under attack. The the board game has been tossed, has has been made askew, you know. Absolutely. So who am I outside of my work and, and how do I define myself? And that's a lot of soul searching for a lot of folks. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with that. So, so what are, what would you say some, some tips and strategies um, or actionable steps as you will to take for that person um, that designed to set themselves apart in business, specifically, let's say sales, you know, during the pandemic, you know, individuals tell me all the time, Hey Vince, I, I, I don't like sales. Uh, and my response to that is everything is a sale. Mm -hmm. what, what would you speak to that? Yeah, so I, I'm a really big believer uh, in having a network, and but the problem with my network, I mean, I've got over 11,000 connections on LinkedIn, and I just learned that less than 1% of people on LinkedIn have over 10,000 people they're connected with. I thought I had a strong network, but the problem was my network didn't know that I had a need. Right. And a lot of times we want to show that we are being successful because you know, I'm a woman of color 
And when you are not the majority or when you are in this different caste system, as Isabel Wilkinson refers to it as in her book, when you are not the, uh, the main, when you're not the majority, you don't want people to see that you're struggling because you feel that you have to show up twice as good and perfect. You know, I don't need to be on time. I need to be early. But the power and the shift that we're seeing right now is in transparency. So if you're able to reach out into your network and say, raise your hand, hey, I need help. And the question to ask them is, are you able to keep me top of mind? So that's a soft ask. It's not a hard ask. It is a, a soft ask in sales. In that, and you would say, hey, this is what I'm looking for. One or two sentences, a private message. And are you able to keep me top of mind should this opportunity come up? Just speaking to your point, do you believe there is some sort of pattern or secret formula um, to becoming that successful entrepreneur? I, th I think it's all about asking. And often we haven't been taught how to ask questions. And when I say we, I mean women. And I also, and I also say minorities because Whoever is asking the question is the person who's in control of the conversation. And the second mm. point is, is that not only is it control, but it's power because you are calling someone to action. And that action, even if they are telling you no in a sale, is still the power to have them to respond. So the way that I view sales is about asking questions and creating a successful asking habit. I ask people, uh, 20 people a day, every day for something. That's a habit that I created a couple of years ago. So, so Jennifer, from a, from a organizational perspective, you know, everyone is trying to raise a brand awareness. What, what specific resources would you recommend to entrepreneurs that sort of starting out during these difficult times from a branding perspective? From a branding perspective, the thing that I've had the most success with has been meeting with three to five new people a day, and then at those meetings, asking them, um, what can I do to support you? Now, when you ask, what can I do to support you? It doesn't mean you're going to do what they want, or it doesn't mean that you owe them something, but it's offering them the opportunity to express their need. And then you're able to connect them with other people. So I I firmly believe in asking for someone's need. And it's also an incredible test uh, to see. It's almost a shibboleth of sorts to say, well, they ask me what my need is back. And then you can you can observe and, and really learn about that individual. So, Jennifer, what, what has been the most satisfying moment in your career after professional sports and why? The most satisfying moment in my career it's it's always been those moments involved with the community you know whether it was a red carpet event that i created for children with life-threatening illnesses that happened in florida um that's something that comes to mind or even being on boards here in indiana and serving the community in that executive capacity raising money those have always been the things that have made me most most proud Jennifer, so from a, from an executive coaching perspective, in terms of like scaling your business, you know, setting the stage and enabling a, a support growth through a pandemic, what would you say, you know, has been your strategy in terms of providing a particular service with the right systems and processes to support continued innovation through this pandemic? So, you know, the interesting thing is I, I believe that our how changes all the time, but our why does not. So mm. my how and my mission is to help 
you know, successful people become unstoppable. Uh, and how I've done that is now I'm just looking to add value wherever I can. It may not be in front of two to 3,000 people giving a keynote address the way it used to be, but that means that I can also create more video content. I can create more blogs and contribute to more magazines and I can be creative with the way that I add value. It just because it's not in front, in front of all of those people and maybe I, it's not in front of a coaching client, but it's on a Zoom call, I'm still able to to enrich someone else's life if they're open to that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's wonderful. So what have been sort of, you know, the most difficult, you know, challenges you've had to overcome, you know, leaving professional sports while getting started um, in your business and building that presence? You know, it's hard starting a business when you're broke. I mean, I'm just going to mm-hmm. put it out there. It's not, right, right. It's not like you, when you're your own venture capital investor, where you're your first, you know, backer, I think mm-hmm. that is challenging to fly that plane, as they say, and build it at, at the same time. And, and then also taking into account those other factors in, in our personal lives that are going on while you're trying to be an entrepreneur. So those, that's been probably the, the greatest challenge that I had. It was just taking that leap of faith and doing my own thing. I also had to stay very open to doing multiple things to be able to sustain that, that one true vision that I had. And that's just that mm. hustle and that grit of, of being transparent and saying, look, this is how I, I appear to you successful is because I've done two or three other things to be able right. to pursue my passion. So, so what would you say to that person, you know, that's sort of, you know, been battling these limiting beliefs and wanting to move towards their dreams and their ambitions, but that they can't get there because of this fear? What would you say to that person? Set your own finish line to be able to run your own race. So that's, that's a big part about the book that just, that I just released and that came out, how to be queen, a leadership fable. If you can identify how to win then you're always winning. You're always succeeding. And even if you fail, you're getting closer. So if you set your own race and set your Mm. own finish line, that makes all the difference in the world. So you don't have to compare yourself to anybody else and you don't have to compare yourself to where you think you should be either. So, so, you know, Jennifer, you come from this, um, you know, sports background, this sports field, and it's what kind of built you and groomed you in a way. Um, what would you say from, you know, from that perspective has been your superpower, if you will, you know, share with us what has been your secret sauce that, that has, you know, that successful mind hack that, that has got you through some difficult or challenging times. Boy, I just think, you know, it just goes back to never giving up. And, and what I mean by never giving up is realizing that if you find yourself hitting that brick wall over and over again, there's a different way to get around or through it or to realize that that brick wall is actually taking me somewhere. And I Mm -hmm. think that's been my, a big part of my journey has been just being, staying gritty and knowing that, that if I don't give up, um, then I, then I won't be out of this, of this game that we're calling life right now. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Those are great words that uh, live by. So, so Jennifer, if you had a magic stick, what are the three things you would, would change in the world and why? Well, I think like most people, I would just wave it over the pan pandemic. 
<laughs> right, absolutely, right. <laughs> but if we're going to do pandemic with that with that first wish, we could just go ahead and wipe out all illness, so then we wouldn't have to absolutely. go to health care. <laughs> absolutely, right. Here in the States. Yeah. But, you know, the second thing I, I would want would be a bit of a, a playing field within business that was more accessible for everyone. And that's something that I hope and, and wish for. As you said, that your sphere of influence isn't just your limit. Like if you don't know anyone outside of your group, how are you right. going to, to get ahead? So I do wish there was there was some type of magical thing to level out this race a bit. And then I think um, the third thing, I would say a part of that leveling out would be I would want people to be debt free. I mean, I feel that right, a lot of right. our decisions here in the United States are based on that health care, which is that first wish. Um, you know, the second decision is, well, what job can I get because of the people that I know in my network? And then the third is, well, I have to do this thing, even though this may not be what I want because of those other two factors. So I would, I just, I really do sincerely wish that people would have a debt free kind of opportunity in life. So Jennifer, hey, let's shift gears a bit yeah. and um, talk about the latest release of your book. And hey, congratulations Thank on that. Thank you. Thank you so um, much. You know, how to, how to be a queen. What, what was the inspiration for the book? Yeah. So I rewrote the, the tortoise and the hare to talk about self-leadership and gaslighting women in the workplace. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was, I read Vince 126 books last year. Mm-hmm. And wow. I just love books. I love self-improvement and growth. Mm-hmm. But the Absolutely. main thing that was missing from all of these fables, I mean, and they're wonderful fables, The Greatest Salesman in the World, um, Alchemist, Five Temptations of the CEO, of a CEO. What was missing from all of these books was me. There weren't any women as main characters of these short little stories that had a bigger meaning. And if they were women, they were often written by men. And so Toni Morrison has that great line that says, if you can't find what you're looking for, create it, essentially. So I decided to create a business fable, a leadership fable for for women uh, written by a woman. I I, I certainly wish best best on the book. uh, And I know it would would do quite well. And, um, you know, I happen to believe that... um, there, there is a huge shift that is taking place now that hasn't taken place before. Um, uh, when it, when it, when it comes to women in the workplace, uh, finally and rightly so. Um, but again, I wish you well on the book and, uh, much success. Thank you so much. So, so a huge part of this show is about positive winning mindsets, about being resilient and, you know, sort of demonstrated mental toughness and learning to face adversity, you know, all while continuing to lead, live and win and inspire the next level of achievement. And so I believe that you truly embody what this show is all about. And I'm, I'm certainly it's a pleasure having you today. Oh, thank you, Vince. Thank you so much for having me and using your voice and your platform to amplify others. I'm just Really, really honored that you'd have me on. Absolutely. So listen, so what can we all expect to see from Jennifer and her team the remainder of 2021 and 2022? Yes, I've got a lot of life changes coming up, getting married and moving. Wow, congratulations on that. Thank you. (laughs) I was asked recently, they said, do you think you'll have any more babies? 
after this mm-hmm. book or is the, and I said, they said, which is harder having a baby or, or writing a book? I said, strangely, this book was pretty, <laughs> pretty challenging. So, so what's next is, uh, there will be a lot of, um, workshops, uh, and, and conferences that I'll be attending and speaking at, um, based on the content of the book. So I'm excited. I'm going to a lot of corporations to, to train on what does your work culture look like? Do you have to give up your culture to be a part of the workplace. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's, it sounds rather simple, um, of, of diversity and inclusion. Um, but there's a great deal of work as you know, and you spoke to that, uh, in a corporate setting when it comes to that very thing. Yeah. Um, yes. I, it, it's hard because, you know, people want to, they say, Oh, I just want to fit in at work, but fitting in means that we have to change ourselves. Belonging means that, we're accepted. And that's really what a lot of, of, a lot of us are wanting is acceptance and respect rather than having to uh, become more of a a robot. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, to speak to that, what I've come to see is that, that, that from a corporate perspective, you can have diversity without inclusion. Mm. And, And so diversity without inclusion is like asking the girl to, to the dance and when she shows up, you don't ask her to dance. Mm. You actually dance with everyone else. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's my analogy of that. You know, you can have diversity without inclusion in, in the workplace. Certainly. And it's, yeah, it's, it's diversity and inclusion. And there's work when it comes to that. It's when, when people show up, is it an environment where people show up and, and, and it's an environment where um, it's conducive to people doing their very best? Mm. Um, so we still have a lot of work when it comes to that. So Jennifer, we're in that segment of the show that we call the hot seat where we ask a few random hot topic questions that most of, most of our listeners that they want to know from leaders. Right. So my first question to you would be, if you could turn back the hands of time and talk to that 18 year old self, what would you say to her? Relax. (laughs) (laughs) I was so intense. Oh, I was so intense. And I I would just tell her, relax and everything's going to be all right. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. That's that's a good word to live by. (laughs) So so what's something people seem to misunderstand about Jennifer? Well, going back to that uh, relax advice, you know, there's been times in my life that I've been very intense and my intense discipline mm-hmm. was not seen as love when right. love and discipline, that's, that was what I thought was love and other folks didn't see it that way. So I think that's one, one area where I've missed the mark in the past. So what has been your greatest achievement? Oh boy, it would have to be my, my two little guys that are nine and six years old. Being their mom is just, is the biggest blessing there is because fertility and becoming a mother is not something that you can control. So right, something right. that I'm, I'm proud that I'm, I'm able to say that I've experienced, but it's nothing that I did right um, to make it happen. That's for sure. Right. So, so what would you say have been your biggest failure and more specifically, what did you learn from it? I, I think one of my biggest failures early on when I was coaching in athletics and also probably my siblings would say, is that I didn't show that I cared enough before I was, before I was, um, 
kind of having these expectations of them. So probably articulating or making it known even more how much I cared about them. That was, that's probably something that I've missed. Yeah, that's wonderful. So, so what makes you feel inspired or like your best self? When I'm able to do, I'm kind of speaking of robots. I am very, um, I'm very routine. So I feel most myself when I'm on my routine of getting up super early in the morning, reading a certain number of pages every day, learning my Spanish, exercising, taking baths. I mean, all the, the hysterical self-care things you see online, I do all of them. And, and I'm my best when I get to do it, all of them in one day. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So listen, Jennifer, before we go, how can how can people purchase your book, connect with you either online, through social media, and, and some of the things you're doing? Yes, the book is available on Amazon. And if they just type in Jennifer Magley or How to Be Queen in books, they'll be able to find it. And there's my contact information is actually on the front cover of the book on the inside. I'm very active on LinkedIn and also love connecting there. So that's I'm more active there than Instagram or even on my website. Okay, that's wonderful. So, Jennifer, thank you once again for joining us today. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And uh, it has certainly been a pleasure. And please come back and join us soon. You've got it. We certainly hope that you enjoyed today's episode. So make sure to join our Facebook group, Out Front with Vince Noble. And don't forget to comment, rate, share, and subscribe on the Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to download your podcast. Until next time, remember, you still get to write your own life story.